Hello, I'm Tony Payne, and welcome to another edition of The Painful Truth. And whether you've downloaded this or clicked play or whatever you did, whether you clicked through from the email to the website and then pressed play, I'm really glad you're listening. And I'm particularly glad because this is a partner edition of The Painful Truth, which means you're one of those people who's made a particular effort to express your partnership, to want to be part of this little adventure that I'm engaged in with The Painful Truth. And so thank you again very much for that. Now, I hope the new year is getting underway for you in a reasonable sort of fashion, and I hope that as 2021 unfolds, you won't hear this word that we've heard far too many times over the past 10 months or so, and that's the word restriction. I'm not sure I've ever heard or used the word restriction so many times as in the last calendar year. What are the latest restrictions, we ask each other? When are the restrictions going to be eased? We blog about or ask one another on Facebook, how are we going to do X, whatever that might be, at the moment, given the restrictions? Over the past 10 months or so, these have been our constant questions. In fact, as I write this, I believe that the Premier of Western Australia has just imposed apocalypse level 10 restrictions in his state uh, because someone in Perth has a runny nose or something like that. I, I might have got the details wrong, but certainly Western Australia is having restrictions more than the rest of us at the moment. And if it hasn't been restrictions, it's been lockdown. There's another word for 2020. And one of those strange quirks of the English language is that being locked down is somehow slightly different in nuance from being locked up. Although why one is down and the other is up is a little hard to say. In any case, I'm sure you're not the only one who, like me, is sick of restriction. And I'm sure I'm not the only one whose mind has kept wandering towards 2 Timothy 2 verse 9, where Paul says, But God's word is not restricted, or God's word is not bound, as most translations very reasonably put it. And the apostle writes these pretty feisty words, I guess you'd say, as he sits in prison, chained like a criminal. His circumstances are certainly a restriction, quite a significant restriction of his ministry, I would have thought. But he's very confident, supremely confident, in fact, in the free-ranging power of God's word. The word of God cannot be locked up, or I guess locked down for that matter, because it's the speech of God, of God himself, and you can't restrict God. And all of this is a great comfort, isn't it? And an encouragement, Uh, not to mention an apt description of so much that has happened over the past year. Despite our ministries suffering restrictions of all kinds, God's word has continued to do its powerful work in people's lives. I'd be surprised if you didn't have your own stories of this happening, your own wonderful stories of how God's word has been at work, even in these difficult and restricted times. That's certainly been the experience in the ministries that I've been involved in. And this sends our minds to other places in Scripture, doesn't it? Places like Romans 8. Uh, If God is for us, who can restrict us? Or to those passages in Acts where the word of God can't be chained, it can't be persecuted out of existence. It keeps increasing and multiplying despite the setbacks that the apostles experience. In Acts, it's almost like the word of God possesses a life and a power and a dynamism of its own. And of course it does. The word of God is powerful. It can't be defeated or suppressed because it's the word of the king of kings, 
the ruler of all the rulers of the world, the risen Christ who continues to spread his word and his gospel by his spirit, as Acts tells us, starting from Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Anyway, as I pondered all this over the past week and read 2 Timothy 2 again, it occurred to me that Paul has a particular reason for being so confident in the unrestrictable effectiveness of God's word. And it's got to do with what 2 Timothy as a whole is about. In 2 Timothy, as you probably know, Paul knows that his end is near, the race is run, and he urgently wants Timothy to step up and stay strong and carry the ball forward. He wants a successor, and Timothy is that guy. And the whole letter really is about all the ways in which Timothy can and should and must do this. He must take up the mantle of the apostle. He must protect and guard the gospel and preach it to the next generation. And in chapter 2, with its famous verse 2, we see that a crucial facet of Timothy's task is not just to receive and protect the apostolic word and to proclaim it and preach it, but to recruit other people to do the same thing. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. The gospel deposit, the word of God, is protected and spread through what we might call multiple nodes of transmission. The gospel race is not just Paul's to run and it's not just Timothy's. It's a relay with the baton being passed on from person to person to faithful person, each of them receiving the word and teaching it to others who receive the word and teach it to others who receive the word and faithfully teach it to others. Amazingly, given the kind of people we are, this is how the all-powerful ruling Jesus Christ spreads his word and his reign. And I think that this is why Paul is so feistily, almost indignantly confident that God's word is not bound, that it's free to roam even if he is not, even if Paul might be locked up. I might be in prison, says Paul, but you aren't, Timothy. And neither are the faithful men that you're entrusting the gospel to, nor the ones that they will teach, nor the ones that they will teach. The risen Jesus Christ uses a, a constantly growing, unstoppable network of gospel speakers to spread his word, each of whom receive the word and faithfully pass it on to others. The authorities may impose all sorts of restrictions on the ministry of the gospel, whether for good reasons or bad, but they will never be able to lock up the word of God because the risen Jesus will always keep recruiting his people to keep spreading his saving word. Now, this is one of the interesting lessons of the last 12 months as I think about it. In my observation anyway, the ministries that have most successfully adapted to all the various restrictions and saw God's word continue to increase were those that had already developed multiple nodes of transmission, if I can put it like that. In other words, where the gospel word had already been passed on to multiple people within the congregation who were trained and equipped and motivated to pass it on to others, whether individually or in groups or in whatever manner. And I remember writing something along these lines way back in March 2020, and I've just rummaged back through the painful archives and found what I wrote. I said this, 
I said, it does seem to me that the current circumstances will provide a stress test for the quality of the one another culture in our churches. When our normal opportunities for public preaching and teaching ministries are curtailed, as is already happening in many places, I was writing in March 2020, the degree to which we have taught, equipped and encouraged our congregations to speak the word to one another will become apparent. Now, I wonder whether that has become apparent, for better or worse, in your particular church or ministry. I'd be interested in your reflections, now that we're nearly 12 months down the track. It certainly does seem that the worst of the COVID restrictions might be behind us, at least here in Australia. But it won't be long before something or someone else comes along to threaten, to restrict the Word of God. But God's Word cannot and will not be bound, because it is the powerful speech of God, of the risen Jesus Christ, speaking through the mouths of his people. And so our challenge is much the same as Paul's challenge to Timothy. It's to take our place in the great gospel relay, to pass on the word of God to faithful people who are in turn equipped and enabled to teach it to others. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little reflection on 2 Timothy 2. It's something there that I hadn't really seen before, the way that the freedom of the word of God, the unboundedness of the word of God, was connected with the way the word keeps being passed on from person to person and how Jesus works through his people to spread his word everywhere. And as a bonus, if you're thinking of forming a Christian band, I've got the perfect name for you, Nodes of Transmission. Now, that's got a ring to it, hasn't it? Well, this is one of my partner posts, but feel free to pass it on, like the Great Relay, to friends or to others to encourage them with it as well. That's what these posts are for. They're not only to encourage you and stimulate you and in some way help you, but they're to give you ammunition to help others, to encourage others. So please feel free to uh, use this material in whatever way you'd like. Well, that's all for this week on The Painful Truth. Thanks for being here again. I'll look forward to seeing you, or talking with you rather, next week. I'm Tony Payne. Bye for now.